welcome to the Tumbleweed Podcast, where we discuss an eclectic range of topics, including business, design, Texas culture, and everything in between. We're two teachers that turned a side hustle into a nationally known apparel brand, and now we work with some of the biggest names in Texas. We strive to never stop exploring and continue to draw inspiration from our adventures. So drift and explore or raise a glass. We're always ready to hang out and talk about the things that we love. So come roll with us as we drift and explore. Hey, we are here at the Tumbleweed Podcast, and I'm with two wonderful ladies that I am very blessed to call friends, uh, not just friends with me, but with my wife and our family as well. Um, but I will let y'all introduce yourselves and let us know who you are, what you do, and maybe why you're here. Mm. You go first, Queen. Uh, you literally stole my line. That's what I was going to say. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, my name is Charlie Wendell, and I am the founder and executive director of Melody of Hope. Um, blessed to know these two mentors, I would call you guys, not king and queen, but mentors. Um, thanks for having us. Oh, my pleasure, for sure. Can't wait to dive more into nonprofit life and cause-based marketing. Yeah, for sure. And I'm Ashley Miller. I'm the Director of Public Relations for National Breast Cancer Foundation. And I would just say we're not friends, we're family. I love it. I love it. Whether you like it or not. Well, <laughs> if, if you are listening to this on Spotify or uh, Apple, uh, you might want to tune into our YouTube because I guarantee you they are uh, easier on the eyes than I am, that's for sure. But... They are here not because of anything, but how they've conquered life um, in the nonprofit world, but even more so in our community. And so today, what I want to talk about is nonprofit involvement in our community and how y'all rock it as strong women in our local community. So, uh, you know, with that said, I'm going to throw this over to Ashley first. Uh, Your involvement in NBCF, we want to get there. But kind of tell us a little bit about your journey, what got you to the nonprofit world. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. I um, am from Louisiana. I'm a proud Cajun. Um, I know we're in the the lovely land of Texas now, and I got here (laughs) as fast as I could. But right out of college, I actually moved to Frisco um, before I had a family. Everybody's like, you live there on purpose as like a young single person. But I fell in love with Frisco early, early on. And so I moved here for a job in the financial industry. And as I was just kind of building my resume in corporate America, I realized real fast that it was really great experience and that I was growing, you know, professionally, but personally, it just wasn't like setting my soul on fire. And um, y'all know how much I love sports. It's just such a big part of my DNA. That's like our biggest fights in life right now. (laughs) Super Bowl sports. Yeah. Uh, go Bengals. We love you, Joe Burrow. And um, (laughs) so I kind of got into the sports world for a little bit. My degree was uh, mass communications with a focus on broadcast journalism and public relations. And so got to do a little bit of sideline reporting, which was something I was really excited about and work with Donnie Nelson, the greatest GM that the Dallas Mavericks have ever had. Um, and did that for a long time. And I really loved it. I got to really build out, you know, this mentality that it was so much more than basketball on the court, you know, the networking behind it, bridging gaps in the community. And like I said, the sideline reporting was a lot of fun. But then we decided we were ready to start a family. So um, I had to sit down with Donnie one day and just, you know, say, hey, I'm pregnant. And I think it's kind of time to sunset this part of my life. And I just needed more of a work-life balance. And 
it was honestly time personally for Justin to get to kind of do what he wanted to do because he mm-hmm. really put his career on the back burner for so many years so that I could go do um, what I was passionate about. Oh, so awesome. it was he was very he was fantastic. I don't deserve my husband. I'll tell you that. But um, so just sat down one day over lunch with Kevin Hale and said, hey, dream about this for me, pray about this for me. And that was like at a time where you actually did have a Rolodex. And so we pulled out, I'll uh, tell you what that is later, Charlie. Um, But we went through his Rolodex and he said, you know what, what if you just came to do this for me? You know, nonprofit may not be what you always thought you would do or your biggest goal or ambition, but you have a work-life balance and a greater sense of just giving back and not all superheroes wear capes, some wear pink. And so um, it's just been the biggest blessing for me. You probably, I think I've told you this before, but I first met you. Well, first off, our relationship has actually grown more through church yeah. uh, at our local church. But, uh, and of course, I, through National Breast Cancer Foundation, through the Chamber of Commerce, things mm-hmm. like that. But I first met you when I was teaching at Liberty High School. I was at the Career Technology Center, I believe, and uh, the legends came to pitch the idea of, I believe, is internships mm-hmm. or mentorships. Wait, that's when you met her? I did. Yeah. And she has no clue who I was because I was just sitting there in the back, and I'm like, man, these people are awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so it's amazing how life has come full circle. Um, but I, w- I want to say maybe Jingle Walker was there. Yeah. But there was someone with a guitar. Yeah. Uh, so it probably was him. <laughs> uh, so it's just amazing how... Uh, it's all full circle back to music and yeah. back to nonprofit and, and doing life together. Small world. And I had a lot of ISM students. The Legends was like always really appealing to the students that were like, this is definitely what I would be when I grow up. And they spent a few weeks with me and they were like, this is not what I want to be when I grow <laughs> exactly. up. I don't remember but that. Didn't you that? do, did you ever do like on-site checks for the students? Because I feel like maybe, did you yes. come into our offices a few times to make sure they were like doing what they said they were going to be doing? My and... students uh, weren't at the Legends mm-hmm. at that time, um, but yes, yeah, some of the some of the students in the in the ISM program would uh, be with the Legends, and a teacher would have to go check in and make sure one they showed up to work, <laughs> and two they were actually doing their job. Yeah, those yeah. were fun days. So uh, now, Charlie, tell us a little bit about your background and. First, let me preface, you know, also the National Breast Cancer Foundation, uh, I think it's pretty obvious what that means within its wording itself, uh, is a nonprofit serving women. Um, With you, it's Melody of Hope, which is a totally different industry, but still nonprofit. And I think a lot of people that listen in are small businesses. Mm -hmm. And so very, very much how you have to hustle and work and grind with a small business is very much how you do with, with a nonprofit. So you know, kind of bringing purpose to that. But with your background and what, ha- where did you come from and wh- what do you do now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think the three of us share three loves, Jesus, people, and music. And For so sure. that's Amen. honestly how Melody of Hope got started because um, I have a deep desire to love people because how Jesus loves us and also love me some music. 90s R&B is my jam, <laughs> 90s country. Uh, I can go into that a little bit later. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of how Melody of Hope got started. Um I'll start with born and raised in Salina, Texas, Bobcat Heart, Go Bobcats, My Bleeding Orange Heart. I want to move back there, but I'm not sure if I can live that close to my mother. Um, (laughs) And I know she probably won't listen to this because she doesn't know how to uh, handle technology, but love my mother. But I think Frisco is going to be where we um, reside for many, many years. Mm -hmm. My husband's business is also here. But yeah, 
Yeah, so started, just have a deep love for music my whole life. My uncle was in a band. My mom sang. I grew up every single morning. My mom would be um, making oatmeal and cranking orange juice out in the juicer and just different records on every single morning and just had a deep love for it starting early in life. Um, And then I decided I wanted to go to North Texas and do um, actually like audio broadcasting. And then I realized I wasn't as good on the mic or (laughs) um, on camera as I thought I was going to be. Um, so I kind of retracted a little bit and, and went into music business. So I went to um, undergrad and graduate school at North Texas, have a master's degree in music business. Wow. Um, ended up getting a really awesome internship in South Dallas, working for a hip hop record label for two years. And it was like the best experience, which obviously cool. propelled my love for hip hop music even more. But um, worked with some really great producers called their names are Playing Skills. Um, they okay. produced a lot of Lil Wayne, Jay Z, Drake. So I'm Man, I met all the famous rappers. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Lil Wayne is definitely small. He's about five foot two, so I was like hovering over him. But Taller than me. Yes. <laughs> just some cool stories, um, you know, but just realized This is that all new to me. I did not know you this. You know this? No. I told you I was hood. You didn't believe me. I love it. Hood. I'm from North Crowley, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know some, some 90s hip hop for sure. I do. Snoop Dogg, I saw, was on the top of your playlist. Snoop Dogg, B.I.G., yes. Twista. <laughs> uh, I know we all are about Texas country, Americana, but uh, I have no shame. I love it. Yeah, so. if it's good music, it's good music. No Amen. It merges all the generations and cultures <laughs> sure. and all the things. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, I, I felt like after two years, the Lord was like calling me out of it. It's, you know, the music industry is a very dark industry. You know, a lot of industries are. Um so I was praying about it, and the Lord ended up moving me to Africa for a year. It's kind of a crazy story. But I um, was just telling you this yesterday. Um, I worked on a business plan that I had created in grad school that kind of meshed the three loves of my life, Jesus, people, and music, like I, like I had mentioned. Um, and every night we had to be in our home by like 7 p.m., and so I had five hours every night to work on this business plan. Wow. And so when I got back to the States, I called up about 40 of my friends and was like, hey, I got this crazy idea. Are y'all in? We were all single, no kids. Um, so it was a really fun way to kind of get back into the States. Um, and I started Melody of Hope in the Frisco Library. Spent eight hours a day the whole entire summer getting it together together. Um, and so that's kind of how it got started. The that's old amazing. Frisco library. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. The old Frisco the library. OG. I, I yeah. was peeking in the windows. I had a meeting at that, uh, that building and it was amazing seeing that empty library. I know. It's crazy. But, know. but we're actually excited. We're going to be doing some work with the new library. Yeah. So we'll some shirts. Um, so with that amazing history that y'all went through that journey, our last podcast was about going on a journey and learning from your past. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, and y'all can just speak out, you know, as something comes to mind, but maybe uh, uh, a mentor, a moment in history of your life, what is something that you felt like has really propelled you to be the successful women you are today? You know, is there, you know, from education and experience a mentorship, like you mentioned with Donnie, uh, what is it that might have propelled you to be where you're at now? Mm, that's good. You know, for me, I would say it was all about the connections and the people. Like I always surrounded myself with people that were better at things than I was. That wasn't intentional at the beginning. That was just like the stage of like my professional career where I was, but I saw the value in that, you know, one of the things that Donnie and Malcolm Farmer, you know, at the legends did that just impressed me so much was they were good enough to do everything without being too good to do anything, if that makes sense. Like there were days where like they were literally scrubbing the toilets because that's just what needed to be done. 
And I think that there's always this like false promise that there's just somebody for everything. And there there is. Sometimes it's you. It's right. the business owner. For it's sure. that person. And just seeing that, you know, that really spoke to me. And one of the probably biggest defining moments I can tell you from that job in particular, you know, everybody's a salesperson. We're, we still are. Oh, for sure. And all of yeah. all of our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we we this phone would always ring at Texas Legends, and we had a just long inbox of voicemails. And there was a voicemail from a lady that sold Mary Kay, and everybody was kind of like, "Well, who's going to call her back? Who's going to call mm-hmm. her back?" You know, and. I really just liked meeting people. This was obviously before kids. So I would do, I mean, you remember this. I would do like a coffee, a breakfast, a coffee, a lunch, a coffee, a happy hour, a dinner, a networking. I mean, it was just nonstop meetings. And so I'm like, I'll do it. I want to meet her. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to get some lip gloss out of this. And um, (laughs) it ended up being like the third largest sponsorship in like G League, D League history. Wow. Because she did that for fun on the side. Okay. But her day job, she was like, a VP of a huge company. And so I just think for me, it was like the lesson was maybe scrubbing the toilets, but the reality was I took every single meeting. I took every phone call, you know, and to date that woman is still one of my strongest believers. Like she prays for me. She loves my children. Like, it's just crazy how, you know, I was, I took the Mary Kay call and I sure I'm glad I did. It was a good lesson. Yeah, just echoing what you said, I think, man, everything is hard work. I joke that <laughs> I Google probably 70% of my job. You know, my degrees are not in nonprofit, the nonprofit world, and so a lot of things I end up Googling. Um, but I think it's also surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you and that know more, know people. I think I would call both of y'all mentors, like, you know, just having really great mentors that can – you know, show you what not to do. And, you know, Tammy Minershagen is a huge mentor for me in the arts world. Like, I remember meeting her nine years ago at Salada. Salada, yeah. And she was, like, brand new. You know, she just came from teaching piano, and she didn't really know, you know, what was going on in the arts world. So we just kind of embarked on it together. And I think it's just being, you know, willing to have those meetings that you might not be with the CEO of a company, but it's because you love people, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to help and... You know, the partnership world is, I mean, that's how I think we're successful is the partnership aspect. And so just surrounding your pe- yourself with people that love the mission and, you know, want to better the community. Yeah. And um, I think you learn to trust people along the way. And, um, yeah, it's been a cool journey for sure. What about is Salada still a thing? Shout out to Salada. I freaking love that place. Can we get a sponsorship? Maybe? Yeah. Hey, next podcast. Let's rock and roll. Hey, just ask. Salada good ideas coming out yes. of this podcast. Oh, okay. It's a lot of them. But um, on that note, okay. Uh, no, but I think, you know, it's funny. We've had a podcast before with uh, Jeb and I. Uh, we talked about why are we where we are today and it's definitely mm-hmm. people driven right so that's even in a small business mm-hmm. education I and mean, we both found our jobs in frisco isd through people uh, it's very much the same way in the ministry and in nonprofits. um you two both are overseeing or a part of a nonprofit that are that is very successful you know national breast cancer foundation is very national mm-hmm. it's across the world um, Goals. it's incredible that when I walk into your office and I see the, the NASCAR and, yeah. um, lemon heads mm. and the brands that y'all get to work with, um, that's at an extreme scale of, as Charlie said, I, I we want to get there as tumbly textiles. Mm-hmm. 
Um, whereas Melody of Hope is very hyper-local, but is having extreme success right here in our community, uh, impacting not just our community, but also musicians from across the state of Texas. Um, so kind of starting with you, Ashley, how in your role, because I know you do P- little PR, marketing, sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, queen of everything. Queen of, of connections, of getting people connected mm-hmm. to the brand of NBCF. Mm-hmm. What is or how have you had that success of telling the story of what NBCF does, what y'all do, and getting people connected to uh, an amazing organization like that? Yeah, I mean, I think it. What an honor to, like, have a seat at this table and to have partnerships with both of you and to be a part of Mo and, like, you know, to associate with a brand like you guys. I don't – I just don't – like, I already see you guys as, like, there if not bigger. Like, I aspire to do what Tumbleweed does. I mean, I mean that um, from the bottom of my heart. But with NBCF, I feel like it's just the story. You know, the thing that really differentiates us from, like, both of your brands is I think people – think they know what we do because there are so many people that do what we do, or at least in their eyes. Mm -hmm. But being able to tell the story, like I'm just so passionate about not necessarily the history of NBCF, although I think that's important. I mean, how cool to be a family founded in a family run organization. Like God love Janelle and Kevin Hale. I could not work with my mom um, or my husband. (laughs) Kudos to you guys for doing that. You work with your spouse. Like, but I think it's this story about who we are and why we're different. You know, like we are the highest rated and most well-respected breast health charity in the world across, incredible. you know, every charity watchdog site. And that's because we've done it right since day one, you know. And I think that it there's never a comparison yeah. when it comes to – it's not just like our area of focus and our programs and services. It's the financial stewardship. It's the financial transparency. And just being proud of it, you know, like I love the opportunity to tell people who we are and what we do, because a a lot of people think, you know, you got to have a cause connection or you or someone, you know, has to be diagnosed with breast cancer for it to be something you're passionate about. And I would say out of the 45, almost 50 employees we have, I'm one of a handful that like by the grace of God, you know, I personally have not been impacted in my immediate family, Um, but I'm a female and I've got a daughter and... I could be the one in eight, right? So I'm going to leave it better than I found it and work hard to make sure that if and when it happens that, you know, NBCF's who I'd want to call. Yeah. So that's the way I think about it. For sure. And with Melody of Hope, same thing is uh, just how have y'all found the success you found uh, here in in Frisco, but more so just in in the music industry and uh, the state of Texas? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's really important to like start where you are. I think that's what, you know, modeling our, you know, brand after Christ, like he started in the local community. And that's really where I feel like we have seen the most success. Like we just Mm -hmm. started like, you know, there's a need. There wasn't a lot of nonprofits that were doing this, Um, you know, and one of my big things is one of my favorite mottos is contribute, don't complain. Yeah. And so I realized in the very beginning of Melody Pope, I was complaining so much about there's no live music. Like, mm. you know, I have to go all the way to Dallas. And and then we were like, man, we could really make a difference. And so we just started infiltrating the arts into the community. We would provide, we actually started by doing these massive benefit concerts, which is kind of funny because um, like Stoney LaRue and Whiskey Myers, Green River Ordinance, those are some of the first bands that we paid, you know, 
I think they were like five thousand wow. dollars. Shout out to time. McKenna; she's the president of all their fan clubs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just started. You know, like I said, I don't have a degree in nonprofit, so we were like, "What do we do? We just want to help." And so I think that's really important to just start where you are and you know, utilize your resources. And I think that's how we have been so successful. It's, you know, you two are on the board and the vision and the mission behind Mo, you get because everybody loves music too. Like it's, you know, it's, it's an easy way to connect the community. Um, you know, and we just weren't afraid to dream big and make a lot of mistakes and, you know, just ask big. I think, for sure. you know, I hate asking for money, but the Lord was like, nope, you're doing it. And so it's just been you know, consistent fundraising, but people will support it if you believe in the mission and you have reputable members and artists and employees that trust that you can trust. For sure. Well, well, how long has Melody of Hope been in existence? Yeah, so we are about nine years in. I think May will be nine years. Um, So we'll have to have a big concert for the 10-year anniversary next year. Big music fest. But think about nine years Think about where you were even the first four to five years yeah. and what all uh, is going on now at Melody of Hope, yeah. uh, you know, music on Maine in downtown Frisco, mm-hmm. other opportunities that are just, you know, just blowing up for the organization. Maybe grit, sacrifice, not get, giving up, um, you know, like so many small businesses start mm-hmm. but aren't able to finish. You know, probably with y'all and women in the NBCF, women might start the process, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to finish. Um, What are maybe some tips or advice from your perspective of how you just kept on grinding, even when there wasn't success, to keep on getting to where you're at today, where you are now seeing the success? Sure, yeah. I mean, outside of the Lord, I think having a good spouse or partner, you know, if whatever, like Austin and I were just dating. So he was my partner in the beginning and now he's my husband. Um, You know, that helps because he has a business and he has allowed me and to just do what I love. And, you know, he wants to help further that and he's been boots on the ground for sure. But having a supportive spouse is everything. Um, But I think what switched for us is in the beginning, you know, starting a nonprofit, you really are just focused on. Like, it's kind of a solo mission. Like, you're focused on what you want to do, and that's—it feels kind of selfish because you're just asking people for money or, you know, help all the time, all the time. But I think what switched for us and really allowed us to propel the mission was this idea of partnerships and community collaboration. We started viewing our partnerships with nonprofits, artists, businesses as how can we be mutually beneficial? And so that really changed everything for us. You know, we— we didn't want to just ask for money. We wanted to like help that business and help that artist. And so we did a lot of development, you know, how can we propel the artist and how can we give back to the business, yeah. you know, with our resources, our graphic designs, you know, sponsorships, like, so it really became a partnership, That's not cool. just kind of single, like just Melody of Hope focused. Yeah. It became a partnership. I think one thing that convicts me about both of you and like humbles me, honestly, is y'all spirit for collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everybody in your friend group, your board, whatever, right? Your small group, whatever it is, like they bring different talents to the table. But like, dude, my vice, y'all know me. I'm always like, should we? I'm like, proceed with caution. Y'all give me so much humility in the way that you view the art of collaboration and just like your heart behind it. Like I can't commend, like I genuinely think that's why Mo and Tumbleweed are so successful 
because of the way that you guys view it. Like it really is always like, how can we give them a bigger platform to widen their mission? How can we help them get to the next level? You know, and I'm like, but selfishly, I want it for us. And you're like, but that will come full circle. Right. Like you have to believe in that for somebody else so that it comes back to you. So I just want to say that, put that on the record. Y'all are good at that, man. That means a lot. Well, collaborations for us, you know, it's, we say focus on what our main goals, missions are. And, uh, you know, our target audience, who we're trying to reach, who we're trying to sell to. But the collaborations, in a sense, allows us to kind of stretch to people that we normally wouldn't be reaching, but also stretch in a way to help us serve the community in a way that we might not have the opportunity to do so. You know, for us, we might not make a lot of money, but we can maybe make a cool shirt that mm-hmm. can make some money. Mm-hmm. So there is a component to give back. But also the collaborations are able to – a brand like NBCF connects us to a – literally a nationwide brand that is very reputable. So it also instantly gives us credibility for working with a credible brand. Mm -hmm. And then like with Mo, Melody of Hope, it's giving us a connection to music, Mm -hmm. which helps our brand connect to the local community, but also helps us in our goal of helping up and coming aspiring musicians, hopefully make it one day and become Mm -hmm. the next big Mm -hmm. Willie Nelson or whoever it might be. Um, But for you, Ashley, you know, we've been talking about Melody of Hope and NBCF, but you're also involved in other areas of nonprofit, mm-hmm. such as the president or the, the the chair of head of the chair. I'll let you say what it is of the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're very involved, not just in one nonprofit, Melody of Hope, but also Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. How do you how are you slaying it? How are you killing it <laughs> in multiple nonprofits? specifically with how you connect with so many people so well? I mean, Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, good spouse. I mean, you you called that. Um, I literally do not worry about my family because I do everything for them because I've got such a good husband. I joked about this, but I genuinely <laughs> believe, like, if he could learn to breastfeed, they would literally never know that I'm not there. <laughs> Like he's so good. He did. He did have to get some gray spray paint out of her hair yesterday. She dressed up as a grandma for a hundred days. So there are times he needs me more than he liked to admit. But I tell you what, like I don't deserve that man. And then honestly, just like my conviction for it. Like I, I really love it. I love bridging gaps. I love connecting people. Like I just love people. And I think that, you know, sometimes when you're your passion becomes your job. It doesn't always end up being your passion anymore. Yeah. And I think it's also just like the art of saying no. Like yeah. we've been praying about this for a long time, for a few years now, just about like, I'm not afraid to say no when something doesn't set my soul on fire. Yeah. And it's not because I, I lack the humility of like, I'm too good for it. Or like, to me, it's just, I'd rather give 110% at the things that like, I feel like the Lord really wants for mm-hmm. my life. Yeah than to just give 50%. And I did that for a long time. I mean, I think people are like, so is that your burnout? And it it is that, Mm -hmm. but it also isn't the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I really am passionate about, (laughs) I just am like incredibly passionate about the chamber. I mean, I just don't think we deserve Tony Felker and that staff. I don't, the city of Frisco, the fastest growing city in the United States of America, and to get to like chair the board, I mean, and to have fantastic board members that represent us, but just like to be a small piece of that puzzle, yeah. like I never dreamed of that for yeah. myself. We all saw it for 10 sure. years ago when we met you. Yeah. I just, that. I mean, I can't, I can't, there were a lot of years of sitting in that, that Thursday morning, years and years and years yeah. of that 7 a.m. call. 
Yeah. yeah that's right. And the thing about you two both, you know, I think a strength that I see and I ex- have experienced, not just seen it, um, you know, with, with you, Charlie, I don't know how you do this. For me, I'm very competitive. All righty. <laughs> and I'm also one that bows up when there's an issue. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and it amazes me how you will acknowledge and see those same things, but it never stops you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gary, I believe it's Gary Vanderchuk, Gary V um, always talks about how he doesn't even know who his enemies are or his competitors are because he's mm-hmm. too much focused on what he's supposed to do. Because when you focus on when you're not supposed to do or you focus on your enemies, it actually halts your growth mm-hmm. and it somewhat fogs your mind from being able to stay clear on what your objective is. And for you, that has always amazed me how you hustle and no matter what, you're, you're going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for you, Ashley, it's a similar way, but in a different way is you are a charmer and you're able to get what you want with charm, but with no weakness whatsoever. Mm. Um, and same thing as we talk about the partnerships, but you're to me the queen of partnerships uh, from a, a human to human. Mm. I mean, you've introduced me to the chamber. You're the one that introduced me to Melody of Hope. You've introduced me to a lot of different people that has helped me to get where I'm at now as a as an individual. And even when maybe, you know, they have not always the best motives or uh, maybe they're not the most perfect person, you're always able to see the good mm-hmm. and still find a reason to set up a meeting and uh, – and, you know, serve NBCF, serve whatever it is, the chamber, because you're doing it with the right heart mm-hmm. and you're not allowing negativity to, to block you. So my question with that is, how do y'all stay as these strong women? How do you do it? How are y'all able to navigate this community in different ways, different people, and still find yourselves on top mm-hmm. and be that strong woman in our community? Because we've got a hype man. Because we've right, got somebody yeah. walking yeah. around sure. introducing us like that, yeah. making us feel like a million bucks, man. That means so much from but, you. But I, I mean it. But like, we have women here, right? Like my, my wife, uh, we we have multiple, uh, we have what, four people on our team that are 23 to 25. Would y'all have a piece of advice for aspiring women in nonprofit or in the business world of like, how can they make it uh, without compromising their morals, their beliefs, but still be seen as a strong woman in their local community? I mean, I learned so much from Ashley coming in because when I came to Frisco, you already knew like so many people and you would introduce Austin and I like, you know, I, I just learned so much from you in the beginning. And so I think, you know, it goes back to surrounding yourself with people that, you know, know more than you and are smarter than you in their fields. But, you know, I think I've also been in the area where I did let things like get me down. So I think yeah. always trying to focus on the good and you know, I've definitely been in those conversations where it's like two or three hours of just talking about, you know, this person is like, you know, trying to come into our lane. And it that takes so much time and realizing how much good you can be doing instead of like having that conversation like bring you down and kind of deter you. Um, but, you know, faith is obviously like the reason, yeah. you know, at the, at the core and the foundation. Um, you know, if you believe that Jesus has called you to help others, like that's the mindset, right? Yeah. And so honestly, just relying on him every day, you know, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's, it is an active relationship that you have to build into your work life, you know, work home life balance. For sure. Kind of too, that channeling your energy hits me so deep because yeah. you're so good at that. You keep me in check with that all the time. You're like yeah. less worry, like 
What too blessed to be stressed? It's like I need that tattoo <laughs> from you. Yeah. Make a shirt. Too yeah. Blessed to be stressed. We've got we've been at the same tattoo place. That's an, that's a fun fact. <laughs> that's a Downtown Denton, the dark age <laughs> yes, tattoo, right. getting our <laughs> tattoos together. Um, for me, honestly, it's just about like trusting your gut, man. Like yeah. there are so many times early on, like not just like professional career, but like my personal life, where I'm like, if I had listened to my gut. Like, I think it's so much deeper than, like, I mean, it is your intuition, and it hits hard as a mom. I'll tell yeah. you that. Oh, yeah. But there's just something about, like, if you stick to your integrity and you don't compromise that for anything, yeah. you know, and and it doesn't matter how big the payday may be or, or what the title associated with it is, like, it's your gut. I, I just truly believe that. There have been so many times where— you know, we, NBCF does this so well, like they could make millions of dollars by right. partnering with a brand. And I've like pushed so many ways and tried to figure it out. And Janelle's like, that doesn't make sense for us. That's not on brand for us, you know, and I value that so much in her. She said no, so many more no's than she said yeses in her life. And that's yeah. such a hard lesson. Um, but for me, it's just gut. I mean, those women, we were saying this before we went live, but your team you're freaking stacked. Yeah, man. I yeah. mean, that tumbleweed, like, they, they are yeah. so good. But, I like, I don't think you'd ever, like, they trust their gut. That's where right. they're, they're, that's why they work at Tumbleweed Textiles. Yeah, right? Of course. They're the best. <laughs> it's your dream team. I do. I feel blessed to uh, have, it's predominantly women, because women are better at, at uh, the it attention. Runs the to, world. They run the world and attention to detail. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we have an amazing staff to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, behind the camera right now is McKenna, mm-hmm. who whoop, helps make whoop. these podcasts happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, without them, you know, none of this would, would be here. Yeah, so. But I just also want to say that it's also character. Like, you know, every—I mean, I don't know McKenna, but I'm sure if you, since you know Brian, you have insane character. But, like, y'all are true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's rare in this world. And focusing on the positive, you know, you just have to trust your gut. And also, like, your character is everything. Like, yeah. it seems like a big town, but— you know, it's not. And so if you if you are just who you say you are, then, you know, there's room for mistake. Obviously, we're human. But, yeah. you know, y'all have such good character. Like, I've never heard anything bad about either of y'all. Like, it's really, that's you, you really You don't talk hard. to a lot of people then. I don't know. <laughs> but also owning it. Yeah. Like, we, we do fail. We fail every day, a million times a day. And it's like the grace and humility. Yeah. There To me, there is nothing more contagious or more attractive than when somebody owns that. For sure. It's the human element. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can be successful. You can have all these titles. It doesn't matter. Like, you're, we're all humans. Yes. And, like, being able to surround yourself with people that pick you up when you fall like that and encourage you and along the way and help you get better. Uh-huh. But I'm serious. Yeah. Like, how freaking lucky are we that, like, that's our life? But that we can extend that grace to other people, but we extend it because we that's us. Right. We right. fail yeah. like that, you yeah. know? And we wouldn't we wouldn't be offering advice had we not gone through the negative. No doubt. And go through the negative. Another shirt. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say, uh, as we kind of close the, the seriousness of this conversation, um, <laughs> success in nonprofit, uh, from a local nonprofit to a national nonprofit, to involvement uh, in the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you're ahead of the women's enhancement uh, business. Uh, so same thing involved in another area of nonprofit uh, to women as moms, women as, as wives. The success comes through people uh, with a sense of a higher mission or purpose in ourselves. 
doing things the right way, uh, trusting your gut, and, for, you know, very much in our, all three of our senses, even when we see obstacles, barriers, uh, lack of a better term, y'all get shit done. <laughs> I mean, and, and you don't let anything get in your way. And I, and I think the mistake uh, that you were talking about is kind of like Michael Jordan, right? It's like he was is the best basketball player to ever live. And he's probably made more shots than anybody. Mm-hmm. But he also probably shot more than anybody mm-hmm. and also missed more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And so it's keeping our focus on not the bad, the wrong, the negative, but staying focused on the good, the positive to keep on going. Right. Uh, and both all three of us, I think it's also understanding no matter what we do, we're doing it for others. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it allows us to sacrifice more. So um, anyways, I appreciate you all saying that. Uh but I do want to ask two more questions. That's a little bit more fun. Yeah. Uh, we are where we're at today because of our past, our history. Um, and I think there's two things that, besides Jesus, that uh, we love more than anything. And one of those is music. Mm. So I've got to ask. I know we <laughs> talked about some of the hip-hop mm-hmm. rap, but what was y- your first CD, your album of choice? What was it you were, you were jamming to? 90s, early 2000s that kind of define you and who you were back then? I mean, honestly, it was a cassette tape. So let's just be for real. I mean, in Botox years, I'm like 21, but (laughs) I'm older than a CD. It was a cassette tape, and this will surprise none of y'all. The artist that I've seen more than any other artist, more concerts, it was freaking Clay Walker. Okay. He's my jam. Let me some Clay next weekend. I... I'm not even ready for it. Yeah. He's he's my favorite. And I mean, I like I love 90s country. I think I'm probably a little more of an 80s country girl yeah. than a 90s country girl. Um, but, you know, I get by with a little Jesus, little Clay Walker, a little Nelly, a little yeah. Wheezy, all of it. I heard that. Well, yeah. well-rounded. I think everyone in this room is well-rounded. <laughs> in the I say, but I also yeah. had Bone Thugs, right? right. So, like, yeah. I had, like... I listen uh-huh. to those the same. Yeah. Millie Van, like I still think Millie Vanilli's a real thing. Right. Like that's yeah. one of my yeah. questions for Jesus. <laughs> like what? Like were they real? Were they not? Like my, my, I had Ronnie Millsap on cassette. Yes. Like yes. all right. Mm-hmm. My first cassette was uh, Dookie by what? Green Day. Oh my gosh! Yes. So that's my first cassette. Not necessarily <laughs> what I was first into, but I was mm-hmm. big. I was a soccer player, so okay. pretty much the the uh, kind of fit the mold of. Punk rock, rock, alternative rock, yeah, uh, and of course some hip hop from being in South Fort Worth. But um, uh, I think my jams would have been Blink One Eight Two, mm. Green Day, Weezer, um, and then on the other side of things, uh, Big, yeah. Tupac, yes. Um, and then I'm not gonna lie, I probably had a big crush on um, Shania Twain. Who did? Um, yeah. I still do. You know, and right. <laughs> you know things like that. So Seriously, I like I like country, but it wasn't that wasn't my th- my vibe yeah. back uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's pretty much all I listen to. Nineties country was like women. I mean, like men obviously yeah, had like a big sure. place, uh-huh. but when you think of not like yeah. y'all had it made, man. Yeah. You had oh, Shania, yeah. Trisha, Faith. like. Yeah. Uh, Dina yeah, like, Carter, yeah, are you right? freaking Martina. kidding me? Jody Messina, <laughs> yes. like yeah. y'all had some pretty, Martina's eyes we alone. Need a podcast about nineties country, uh-huh. just nineties music. Oh my gosh, so good. Oh, what sorry. about you? What, what was your your cup of tea? Man, um, so my first cassette was actually Amy Grant, Heart Emotion, mm. and then Celine Dion, Falling Into You, and that was my mother bought those, but I stole those cassettes from her. But the first three CDs I ever bought was The Chronic. Yes. Dr. Dre yes. was um, Mariah Carey, Butterfly, mm-hmm. and was Matchbox 20. Oh, 
what is that? The one with 3 a.m. I forgot the name of yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember my mother broke my CD because I couldn't listen to Dr. Dre. And so I bought it again. My brother took me. He's 10 years older than me. So he was like my music crony. Like he would always take me to the Virgin Record Store in Hastings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I literally spent all my money on CDs. And Love now it. I spend all my money on concerts. Dre like, was money. Like, oh. When I think of 90s hip hop, yeah. mm-hmm. it's hard for me to think of any, yeah. but like Notori, obviously, like Biggie right, was, right. but Dre. The, the producers, I think, make the song, which I'm taking that to my grave. Like the artist can be, but the producer makes the song. Uh-huh. But there, there's no greater artist, though, besides Dre. Tell me, tell me this a better artist that the first few notes of the song hype you up. Yeah, for sure. That's why he's still relevant now. Oh, yeah. Because you hear those first few notes and it takes you exactly back to where you Uh were when you heard it that first time and you get hood real quick. That's why Motown is so famous because Mm -hmm. that's what they used to do. The first like two, three seconds of the song would like hook you. Yes. And so that's like, man. I'm not going to lie. If if I would really define Uh what I listened to most when I was growing up was... Uh, 60s music. Oh, really? Mainly because my dad, yeah. but every mm-hmm. night I had to go to sleep with a little radio that yeah. was playing the local radio station, yes. 60s yeah. music. So the, my first two concerts ever was Beach Boys nice. and Little Anthony. I don't even know if you know who he is. Amazing. But you'll know his songs, oh, okay, I bet. Okay. But, but that was more mainly because of my dad. Yeah. You know, so. The 60s is the best decade of music. Yeah, I agree. Down. I agree. My personal favorite, 90s R&B, but the 60s I think is the best decade. Yeah. So many, man, so many hits. Soul Sister. We do need a, a podcast about yeah. just music. music. Yeah. Yes. Any any last <laughs> questions for me, for each other, or things that y'all want to just feel like you need to share before we get off this podcast? Man. I mean, I think I know it, but I think it, I've just always wondered, like, really what sets your soul on fire? Like, I think you're such a well-rounded individual, and I'm a woo. So, like, I feel like mm-hmm. I could be your hype girl all day. <laughs> but, like, when I watch your podcast, like, man, you know how many times I want to turn the mic on you and be like, so, Brian, yeah. tell me about you. Okay. Like, what yeah. sets your soul on fire? I think uh, success. I'm very much driven to success. That would be my mm-hmm. my number on that on the uh, – what's the scale? Enneagram. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and it's – I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by – you're an achiever. I'm an achiever, 100%. you know, uh, and that's all I care about is achieving things. And But part of that achievement is there's also a side of me that has a heart for people. So achieving that in the sense of serving people, um, I, I think the thing I love most about working at Tumbleweed Textiles is not selling T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, selling products. It's not making money. It's not having retailers. That's actually all the things I hate most. <laughs> it's I like building a team. Um, and that's why I probably hire young adults, mm-hmm. uh, yuppies, is because they're still coachable. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I get more passion out of coaching the younger generation. But I like doing it through what I've done, mm-hmm. like a true living testimony, rather than out of like a book. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm getting more satisfaction right now teaching my team than I ever did teaching in the classroom out of a classroom book. Yeah. So I think that's really what drives me. And, of course, my faith. Um, but still my faith, it goes back to wanting to build up people and see people become the best them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and I always tell my team and McKinnon can vouch for this on the other side of that camera. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I make anyone better on my team to help them go find a better job for them later or to find themselves in God's purpose for their life, that's all I care about. That's so good. And so 
I just want to make that impact on on people and that they see me uh, as a hard worker uh, that never's lazy and never gives up, but is uh, you know gives his best in everything I do. So that's awesome. Long story, but. No, I think that's, that's, that's good. You're a loyalist. Like, I think yes, your loyalty absolutely. is one of the most attractive traits about, yeah. like, yes. being your friend, working with you in business, like, in this yeah. community is, like, I see your appeal to the younger generation, but it's also because I think there's a sustainability of, like, being with them on that journey and all their For different sure. seasons, right? For Whether sure. they're your employee or not. Yeah. But I also think that's, like, what like bonds the three of us is like dude we're loyal to a fault like, you'll yeah. go to bat for us like that mm-hmm. honestly i didn't even know you for maybe two weeks and i felt like you were like on my on my team like we were going to yeah. bat we're in the trenches together yeah. that's a loyalty is one of your best I, i'm i'm very much loyal to a fault yeah. and that's uh I, i'm okay with this I, i've always been <laughs> like this it, growing up fraternity, my fraternity everything <laughs> i hated big parties mm-hmm. I, I would much rather be with my inner circle my family um and I'm extremely loyal to, to them. Yeah. So that's awesome. uh, I'll be that dad fighting for my son even when he's wrong. Right. But, but yeah, that's right. just who I am. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've learned a lot um, as, a, as a board, Melody of Hope board. But, you know, you've been one of the best board members that we've had. I cannot. You. Your attention to detail, like every single day, I'm like, man, like that's insane. Like you have, I mean, you have so many great qualities. But the attention to detail is something that I'm learning about. Like, I'm like, look at this email, Austin. Like, it's so much like details and links. And I'm like, this is Sorry. what I need to do. No, and Austin's <laughs> like, send that to me. So anyways, okay. you impact, it's it's trickling down, you know. And and a lot of that's through working and advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boss uh, hounded that in my into my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, attention to detail is very important to me. Because yeah. um, communication is key. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing, so. Kill it. Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I very much appreciate y'all being on this podcast mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh, for me, I've learned a lot of things I didn't know about you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening, uh, just as a reminder, please like this, uh, this episode, share it with your friends. And uh, for all of you women out there, help share this uh, so other women can be inspired to be as amazing as Charlie and Ashley. Mm-hmm. So thank y'all so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having us.